0: What's going on? This is TJ Murphy and welcome to another episode of Adventurous Entrepreneurs. My guest today is Connor McCullough. Connor is a friend and person that loves human connection and is hardwired to over-deliver. He and his team work with highly compensated employees and business owners to deliver them to and through retirement on their own terms, well-positioned and with peace of mind. An active community builder here in Bend, Connor is the president of a business networking group I'm a member of, which is where we met, business builders, as well as a member of the board for Big Brothers Big Sisters of Central Oregon. Just a few of the golden takeaways Connor shares in this episode are how to leverage the right investment strategies as a business owner to maximize your wealth, the right way to network and become a community builder, and how to spend your money for the maximum benefit. So without further ado, this is me and Connor McCullough. Welcome to the Adventurous Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Murphy. Since quitting my corporate nine to five and starting a business while backpacking through Asia back in early 2017, I've had the privilege of learning from some incredibly adventurous entrepreneurs. Through these conversations and my own journey, I've learned that much like in life, entrepreneurship is an adventure. On this podcast, I explore the journeys of top performing leaders in their fields. These wide ranging conversations include tactical business advice, how I built this insights, lessons in leadership, life hacks, travel stories, favorite hobbies, and insights into living a purposeful and joy-filled life. Adventures await us, so let's dive in. Hey, hey, Connor. Welcome to Adventurous Entrepreneurs, man.
1: Happy to be here, TJ. I've been a fan of of the podcast for a while. Oh,
0: man. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. I've been looking forward to the conversation all week because... Dude, I've just admired your gift of being a community builder since we first met. You have a natural way of just making people feel welcome and connecting people in the business world and just in life in general with the people and resources that they need to thrive. And that's a skill that I think is super important in business. It's something that I'm personally working on honing myself, so excited to unpack some of that. In this conversation. But before we do, I'd love to just start with a little bit of background on your journey. You mentioned that your parents started you off right and stepping into owning a business has really helped morph you into the identity that you have today. So let's let's start there, man. Can you just share a little bit about your story leading up to you becoming an adventurous entrepreneur?
1: Yeah. um, Well, I I guess it, I mean, it starts way back when I was a kid, but uh, throughout my whole life, I actually saw my dad be an employee and he is one of those employees that employers get 10X return on. And so kind of my whole life, I saw a man who worked really hard and it made me want to be a business owner. Um, So I went to university, studied math and physics, wasn't originally a business owner, and then branched into the business owner world about four years into my Career and haven't really looked back since. Um, you, you know, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, man. What was what was the journey like before that? What were you doing before you started your business?
1: Yeah, I was um, doing like an equity analyst, hedge fund type role. Was looking at quarterly and annual reports, publicly traded companies, and telling the big guy where to invest. And um, decided to branch off and and do my own thing.
0: Yeah. So your dad being that mentor to work hard and, and already had implanted that idea of starting a business. What, what was like that pivotal moment where you decided, all right, I'm going to go off on my own and, and take this leap of faith. Did you have like other mentors that were kind of guiding you along into that? Or was it just like, I can do this. It's time. Let's go.
1: Yeah. I think it was just, it's time. Let's go. And I had slowly realized that business owning a business, business development, creating relationships is really the, the ticket to, uh, not only having an impact on people's lives, but personal freedom. And I mean, I think it's perfect conversation for Adventurous Adventurous Entrepreneurs podcast. Like it is, it is the ticket to um, again, not only impact, but but personal freedom as well.
0: Yeah, man, that's for me what what my ultimate goal was, and my my personal KPI is freedom. You know, it's it in the beginning, it's hard. You're you're not going to have freedom. You've got to grind. You've got to build it. You got to get it off the ground. But getting to that point where you can step away, you can like we were talking about before this on a Friday, take half the day off and and go paddleboard or go go do whatever you want in the afternoon. You know, you got to work to earn that. But having the freedom and having the pieces in place, the team in place to be able to step away and still have everything running smoothly, ideally growing in your absence, that that to me is is the ultimate KPI and something that I'm I'm chasing down. So, what's yeah. the focus today? You're you're in business. Tell us a little bit about what you do, who you serve, and where things are at here in July of 2023.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I run a wealth management financial planning practice, and I serve um, I, I would say I serve anyone who wants to arrive in retirement well positioned. Um, so that's my biggest focus. Uh, our business is is doing well in july of 2023 even though the market's a little shaky um but uh yeah i mean things are good there and um yeah
0: yeah man one of the biggest struggles that that i had early on in my business journey was tax planning and learning how to make the money i was making actually work for me and and not against me and as my father-in-law likes to say education is expensive. And I definitely paid the hard way to Uncle Sam because I did not have the financial guidance and literacy to really know how to maximize the amount of profit I was keeping in my pocket. And maybe my ego is getting in the way. I just those aren't things that you get taught in school, even in college, you know, taking accounting and taking some finance courses, I, I really wasn't equipped to know how to plan how to use retirement funds, how to use all the different tax strategies, which I want to talk a little bit about here to maximize the amount of money that I was keeping and also exponentially growing it over time. So what are some of the common financial mistakes that you see business owners specifically making when it comes to managing their wealth and, and how can they avoid them?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, tax planning is, is massive. Um, I think a lot of times business owners get stuck in a barbell strategy. So they have a ton of money invested in their business and then a lot of cash just kind of sitting there yeah. um, and they just aren't sure what to do with it. They know how to invest in them themselves and their business, which is, I like to think about it, especially with business owners as uh, kind of three buckets, home run, aggressive, safe, home run being, it's always going to be their business. Those are the dollars that they're hope- hopefully getting 20% plus return on. Um, they can throw dollars there at some point you want to start diversifying out of just home run dollars. Kind of once you probably have gotten out of the first two to three years of that business development, um, and getting that, you know, that massive return on your, on your business, um, you know, and, and the, the aggressive and the safe dollars is kind of where someone like me comes in and helps you diversify aggressive dollars being like stock market dollars, um, but more importantly than actually having those dollars is doing it tax efficiently. So, um, having the right, uh, you know, maybe 401k set up, whether you're doing a traditional or a Roth 401k, um, those are huge questions to be answering. Um, you know, there's, there's just so much to know on the tax side that what I like to think about is we let, uh, our business owners, our business owner clients, they're they're gold miners. They mine gold in their business, and we let them mine gold while we tend the gold that that they've already mined. Um, and so they don't have to think about it, um, and they can just continue to mine gold in their own business.
0: Yeah, I like that metaphor for sure. I am in the in the practice of mining gold, but I'm also <laughs> sitting on a war chest of that gold that probably right. isn't working as well as it could be for me. Right. So I mean we could use my situation as as a bit of an example here. I don't know if it'll go anywhere, but you know, I've done more tax strategy over the last couple of years. So in my situation I have I'm a you know, solo operator. My wife's on payroll, so we're able to leverage like a solo 401k and That's Roth solo 401k. And so we make contributions to that personally and through the business to offset the profits because I'm also an S Corp. So profits come down to me personally. So trying to use funds to invest in the business and its growth, but also bring things down on the personal side. But we've also had a lot of growth this year. And even with those, I'm, you know, I've got a lot of cash on hand. So I went ahead and you know, got approached by my bank they've got like a 4.5 i think percent interest rate on their savings account right now so i opened one of those up but that's not going to be around forever so what what can a business owner like me be doing with that cash aside from investing in my people investing in tools and and growth within the business
1: yeah yeah it's just um i guess the, the the biggest answer to that is it just depends so much um but like it depends on time, time, uh, timeline, right? So, do you need the money within a certain amount of time? What is that timeline? What are your savings goals? Is it travel? Do you want to spend that money on travel in the short term? Um, mm-hmm. It just is a massive conversation around um, like what, what are the goals? As far as to your point, those those interest bearing accounts. Um, my favorite conversation to have around like short term cash uh, and what to do with it is if you go to a bank and and put it in a cd which it sounds like maybe similar to what you did i don't know if you mentioned that exact name but um all they're doing is they're going and buying u.s treasuries Uh, so if you buy u.s treasuries directly you can get five and a half percent right now on a on a one-year treasury and you actually like you don't pay tax on at the uh, at the state level because it's a federal security So you avoid state tax on those dollars when you're buying from the U S treasury directly. Whereas when you buy just a CD, that's going to be taxed at both the the state and federal level. Um, You just taught me something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm making a note of this. You can can buy those T-bills even as like through the, like for me, my LLC, I can purchase those T-bills or is that the right word? T-bills or bonds? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: T-bells are short-term, but yeah, just treasury, yeah. treasury bonds in general. Um, you can literally purchase them directly from the U S government on, uh, on a yeah specific website that, um, that that's where they do the auctions. Um, and yeah, there's some tax advantages there The I mean, to your point though, the, the yield on those, there's much better things to do with like long-term safe dollars or, um, or long-term aggressive dollars. Right. But, um, that, that yield, that five and a half yield that I mentioned at the one year treasury level, that was 0.2%, not two years ago, not yeah. literally 0.2%. So it, it fluctuates a lot. And the, um, it, it's not, again, that's why it's not good for long-term safe dollars because you're, that yield is going to fluctuate. But now when, when clients, especially yeah. business owners have cash needs, it's like, oh yeah, let's, let's get, you know, five and a half percent for the next year and, and call it good.
0: Yeah. I mean, lock, lock in that's money that you know, for a lot of business owners, you want to have relatively liquid cash just in case things go wrong. So having a one-year lockup period where you're earning that kind of interest is is appealing, especially in my, my
1: career. Current- There's three-month as well. So three-month treasuries yeah. are like five and a quarter percent. Um, and also the U.S. treasury market is by far the most liquid market in the world, yeah, um, far far more liquid than a CD. So if something were to happen, you may take a little bit of a loss on the securities, but it's it's insanely liquid um, uh, market. So
0: yeah, interesting. Yeah. So this is <laughs> this is getting me all kinds of questions here. So if if I were to buy a, and there is a cap on that, right? You can only put so much money into a treasury bond. No, that-
1: you can. I mean. Warren Buffett buys billions a day, so wow. there, is, there is a you can. If they're not selling them, then you can't buy them. But there's plenty of out there being sold for you to for you okay. to auction for. So there's no
0: yeah. no cap. If I wanted to take hundred thousand dollars and and put it right. into a one year bond, I could do that.
1: Yeah, what there is a cap on, which was huge back about what is it now? Probably probably a year ago at this point were I um, bonds. I bonds are inflation protected bonds. And those were yielding nine percent something. Um, those had a cap of ten thousand per person. Okay,
0: that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, I bonds are a type of, were a type of, or are a type of U.S. bond, and those do have a cap. Um, those are yielding a lot less now, but U.S. Treasury bonds, no, no, no cap.
0: And what there's, I know there's a website where you can just go and and purchase Treasury bonds, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. I wish I had it right off. I'll look it up. No, I'll
0: look it up and find (laughs) it. (laughs) All right. Awesome, man. Well, so what outside of treasury bonds, what about like, well, what are your thoughts on incorporating real estate into a business owner's investment portfolio for tax efficiency and and diversification? And do you have any experience or or knowledge there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as far as there's, there's hardly any more tax efficient vehicles than real estate other than owning a business. Um, in my opinion, like if you look statistically, people believe they get a bigger return in real estate than they actually do because it's it's a leverage return. So when anytime leverage is involved, it's inherently factually more risky. Um, obviously when you have a, a boom like from 08 to now, um, people people love real estate, and everyone wants to pour money into real estate. Um, more than anything, I'm just an advocate of diversification, so not being too far allocated towards one specific thing. Um, but yeah, when you think about, there's no other asset in the world that you could potentially leverage twenty to one like that. Um, you could put five percent down and buy buy a house that's you know twenty times that. That's that twenty to one leverage in the stock market. We never use leverage or advocate to use leverage, but even if you wanted to, you can only use 2x leverage. Mm -hmm. So if you have, you know, 10,000, you could leverage another 10,000 or, you know, do that math on any number. Um, But uh, I never advocate that for the stock market because it's too volatile. Um, But the interesting part about the real estate market that I think is makes people, it's, it's forced savings in the end. In the end, people are forced to save. And so they end up believing. That that's their greatest asset that they own, and a lot of the times, real estate performs phenomenally, and it is it's how a lot of people have gotten super wealthy. Um, you know, the average return on real estate is like four or five percent. Uh, of course, not in COVID, everything went kind of crazy in COVID, but um, it went even obviously higher than that. Um, but when people have leverage, twenty to one leverage on, and they get a five percent return, it feels like a you know a, whatever a, a more than that. I'm not doing the math right off the top of the head, but, um, it feels like more than that. So, um, anyways, I'm just more of an advocate of, I also think there's an interesting thing out there that I'm an advocate of figuring out how to get ideally, unless it's your first time purchase, um, getting 25% down because at 20%, that's kind of the thing that people think about because you get your PMI drops off. Yep. But at 25%, or sorry, at 20%, the, uh, the mortgage company is in the back of their head, they know, oh, they just hit the mark to get PMI dropped off. And so your interest rate is actually higher if you put down 20% than if you put down 15% because mm-hmm. you've lost the PMI. And so the the mortgage company actually feels like they're taking more risk. So ideally you get to 25% is what I talk to clients about. It's not always possible. It's not always the right thing to do, but it's just a, a fun little tidbit of, of interest. Yeah,
0: interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. What about, what about this whole life insurance as an investment vehicle thing? Mm. I see this all the time now and I admittedly, I don't know much about it, but like, what are the advantages and potential pitfalls of using life insurance as an investment strategy for, for tax planning and retirement?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, so I would say first and foremost, don't think about it as an investment, um, I'm a huge advocate of being aggressive with aggressive dollars uh, in the stock market. So if you're going to take stock market risk, be in the stock market. Uh, There's a big conversation around like IULs right now, um, index universal life. What I think is super cool is the 0% tax bracket strategy. So if in retirement you've done tax planning really, really well, you can get to the 0% tax bracket and not be taxed in retirement. Um, You know, that's having Roth money. That's having, um, non-taxable accounts. I am a huge fan of HSA brokerages, um, that kind of thing. Um, but in general using it, what we'll use it in our practice as is actually like a a fixed income like asset. Um, again, not an investment, but, um, having it as a, a safe, it's your safe bucket. So that whole home run aggressive safe, if we're talking aggressive dollars, um, that's where people think that IUL falls. If if I see someone that wants aggressive dollars, I, I'm not an advocate of putting it into a um, you know, a, a variable universal life or an IUL. I would rather see them take stock market risk. Mm-hmm. To explain that, the IULs have a cap and a base as far as return. And if you look at the the stock market, um, what really drives the return of the stock market over time, which since like 1920, it's averaged 10% a year, something like that, somewhere between seven and 10% what really drives that return is the massive up years. So you'll have down years and then you'll have huge up years. And if you have a cap on those up years, it actually really, really hurts the return. So, you know, the, the, the IUL, if it caps your return and and bases your return, you're kind of, there is some steadiness to it, but again, what drives long-term market performance is the huge up years. So if you have a cap on those huge up years, then your, your return is, You know, not nearly as good. You're leaving
0: money on the table.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so there's there's other ways to structure um, those life policies for the safe bucket um, that we absolutely would do. Um, There's interesting statistics out there. If you look at between 2000 and 2020, there was three or four down years. If you didn't pull from your market money on those three or four down years, plus the years after. Um, you would only have needed about three hundred thousand dollars on the side in cash that you could pull from. And then um, and then pull from pull from your market money when the the years were up, right? And if the three hundred, it's hard to explain like this yeah. without visuals, but yeah. three hundred thousand made a difference of nine hundred thousand at the end. So yeah. all that to say that you need five to ten years of expenses in cash or in some sort of cash bucket in retirement period. Like anybody who's worth their salt or worth their weight in gold, whatever the saying is, yeah, is both, it, as think. far as, <laughs> as far as retirement planning goes, needs to figure out a strategy with their clients to have five to 10 years of expenses that they can access. That's not yielding zero, um, hopefully as tax advantaged. Um, and so in those cases we'll use, um, we can utilize uh, a well-structured, uh, life insurance policy to hide money in those accounts and and have it not be taxed and all this
0: gold man you're <laughs> welcome I'm excited to actually sit down with you and and put all of <laughs> our numbers out on the table and see yeah. what, see what makes sense but yeah we'll we'll move along from the the finance yeah. and tax stuff because this was this was a bucket of gold but I want to talk yeah. about networking I want to talk about mindset I want to talk yeah. about a whole lot of things so this is a podcast about entrepreneurship, but one of the biggest hurdles that most entrepreneurs, most people in general face at one time or another is living a well-rounded life and doing the things that bring us joy with the people that we care about most. When you own a business, you can always be on, but that's just going to lead to burnout unless you're an Elon Musk of the world or
1: (laughs) a similar type.
0: So what is is living a well-rounded life look like for you? We were talking about freedom before we started. What, what does that freedom look like for Connor?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. I, I think, uh, you know, being early in, in the business, um, I'm actually super stoked by not having a lot of freedom and focusing so much on the business, but over the long term, like what that means to me is family. Like everything I do today and will forever do is family. Um, and, and I consider clients part of that family when we bring them on, like it's about making a difference and and being able to spend time with my family and live in abundance with my family, um, mm-hmm. have them not worry about, um, things. Um, and I think like number wise to me, that means, you know, making really good money, but actually not spending that much. And so we always know we're in a safe place, um, yeah freedom, freedom to me is 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 lack of worry and and the ability to live in abundance. and that means giving. That means traveling. That means taking care of my family um and my clients. that's that's really what it means to me. I love it,
0: man. i It mirrors how how I feel in so many ways. I'm glad. Saving part, especially <laughs> I feel like we we used to be really good about just like living on barely anything. And as our income has gone up, we've definitely spent more, but we check ourselves every now and then. So that's a good reminder for me. But I think the biggest thing that I see you just doing so well here in our local community is being that community builder and bringing people into your fold, whether that's In business. I mean, you took my wife and I out to a lovely evening at a piano bar with all of your team. We had an amazing time just getting to know you, getting to know the people that you're surrounded with. And that's just a small example of of what you do. You're also the the chair, president, I don't remember what the term is, for our networking group. And you do a phenomenal job just bringing people in, making them feel welcomed. And really, I mean, since I've joined, the energy in that group and just the amount of growth that we're seeing in it, it's exponential. And I, I give you, you know, the majority of credit for just leading the charge on all that. So I teed it up at the beginning of the conversation. But all that to say, you're a great networker, like really, really great. And do you have any strategies or, or tips that you've picked up over the years that, that might be helpful for people who are either just getting into it or just don't consider themselves a good, good networker?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... I would just, I would say like more than anything, well, a be yourself. Um, but yeah. for me, I just, I just genuinely love people. Like I, I, I genuinely love people and and being around people. And, um, you know, honestly don't make me cry here. It's such like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize I did, but I do. And I, the tip would be, you know, there's a good book out there. Um, I'm sure everyone knows it, but it's 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 by that uh, Dale Carnegie guy. Yeah, how to win friends it's, and influence how to win people. friends and influence people. Yeah. And I think the book says all the right things, but underneath the book is you have to actually genuinely mean that stuff and genuinely feel yeah. that stuff. Otherwise, it's just not. It can come off not not real. Um, so I mean, yeah, I don't know that I have any like huge huge quick tips or anything, but I just, I go to a lot of events, um, honestly was terrified of, by them prior to kind of just digging in and doing it. Um, and then you just kind of, at least personally realize that the things that we are often scared about are just not natural mm-hmm. to us yet. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not that they never will be, but yeah. Yeah. Be nice to people, love people, we're all humans. We all just want the best for, for the most part, want the best for ourselves and our families um, and our community. So,
0: yeah, I think something you do really well is when you meet someone, you get to understand their, their situation and you ask genuinely, like you're curious, you're genuinely curious. So you ask good questions and that helps you figure out how you could be a resource to them, like who should they be connected with? Who do you know that they should know? What resources do you have access to that would be beneficial to them? And you do a great job of connecting those dots and following up and just making sure that you're providing value. It's not just collecting business cards, which I think is the trap a lot of people do is they network, they network, they maybe even over network and they meet all these people, but they don't do anything after that. You, right. you have a, you have a coffee, you have a chat at a networking group and, and that's it. Maybe you see that person a few months down the road and you barely even remember who they are because there was no, there was no meat to that relationship. And yeah. that was something that I learned was just, you know, try to go deeper with people that you either are. You just naturally gravitated towards because you admire something about them. You think they could be a resource to you down the road. You think you could be a resource to them and really dig in and try to build that relationship as opposed to just, you know, kind of the shotgun approach of trying to be everywhere all at once and, and trying to be something to everyone, but never having the time or, or ability to really follow up. And and continue those relationships. So,
1: yeah. And for, for business owners and something that I think can genuinely be hard, especially when you're starting a business, um, you must leave your needs at the door. It's not, you know, yes, networking is good for driving business, but it's not, it's not, you can't, you genuinely have to leave your needs at the door. It's, yeah. it's about creating connection and understanding people.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. You know, we've all met met the person at the networking group that's just kind of pitch slapping people. and <laughs> pitch slapping. Come, come, I mean, you, they're just, it, you smell that desperation. You sense that desperation and they're just trying to sell me something. Um, yeah. And the flip side of that, when you do leave your needs at the door, like you said, and come in with just this mindset of I'm going to try to provide value to somebody today, even if it's just one person, I'm going to walk into this room and try to find somebody that I can connect with and, and provide value. That's for me what has unlocked way more opportunities in business and just furthering my my personal development and, and my network than just coming in and trying to be salesy yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and find, find clients. right your your selling point, I think is I love the lines that you use in our in our networking group where it's, it's about bringing business owners freedom. Like people don't necessarily, you like, you know, you could say, oh, I just, you know, I can help you market. I can. No, it's about you've understood what is underlying the the issues of marketing and, and, and its freedom and everybody. Yeah, everybody we, we
0: all that. start a business for for one reason or another. But for most people, it's I want to spend more time with my family. I want to travel. I want to take a vacation and actually go and see the world with the people I care about. So that's the KPI to focus on as a business owner. And for us as a, as a partner for businesses, certainly the number one thing that I try to understand is like, what is that ultimate goal? Do you want to sell this someday so that, you know, you've got that retirement, you're, you're safe, you're secure in your later years. Do you want to pass it on as a legacy to your kids? In which case, okay, we want to make sure that we've, we've built this thing to be transferable and it's going to continue to grow in perpetuity, even without you and having the systems and marketing and everything in place is what is ultimately the vehicle to help with that. So understanding what people's goals are, what their desires are, what those pain points are in their business. That's, that's what I love to do when I can help dig those out and uncover what's going on and help create that path to freedom. That's, that's where I find the most joy and fulfillment. Yeah. It's beautiful. For me, that's part of my why and you're big on living and, and really identifying what your why is. Can you share what, what that process has looked like in starting your business? Like we, we kind of talked a little bit about it, but but what was that motivator? What was your goal when you yeah. set out?
1: Yeah, I think I mean it is it is what we touched on, um, you know, family and 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 living in abundance. But I did realize, you know, somewhat recently, um, you know, I grew up in a, a well-off family and even, even still, as people get closer to retirement, there's so much anxiety. Um, And honestly, like what I've realized my favorite part about what I do is, is it's inspiring people to spend. So people are a lot like it's, and it's sometimes, sometimes it's inspiring people to spend less, but it's, 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 Easily, it's it's easy for them. Uh, it's what we do is we help them define what they can not worry about spending, not feel guilty about spending. Um, like we work and we make money to have a good time and live a good life, yeah. and it's helping people figure out exactly what that means in their situation. Um, if they're open to living a, a lesser. Or a a, a a lower level of um, income in retirement than we can spend more today. If if you know it's all of these, but it, but in essence, it's it's taking away the anxiety and the worry around spending. Um, oh
0: my gosh, dude! This, it, I have someone very close to me in my life where they did everything right. They yes, they worked hard in their career. They made an abundance of money, and now in retirement, there's still just that. Fear of is it enough, and it it definitely is.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like there's no question about it. Like I forget yeah. what the those like probability statistical models are, or whatever. But they're right, they're yeah. well into the ninety percent range of being just fine and living a very a good life. But still, just not being comfortable spending on things that will literally bring so much joy. So, getting to the point where someone can give you that confidence and and be able to show you no you you're good like go spend the yeah. money you can't yeah. take it with you exactly I, I think it's that's a tremendous gift to be able to do for someone and yeah I don't know have you heard of ramit Seti he's got a book and podcast and there's a Netflix series Is that recently. oh yes yes yeah to, he does he does exactly that like that I enjoyed watching and I'd listened to some of his podcasts prior to that but yeah, there's so many people out there from from either end of the spectrum. But what I found interesting is it seemed like there was a lot more people that were well off but just couldn't couldn't spend.
1: And yeah, yeah, it's a situation huge. to be in. Yeah, there's a there's a book out there called Die with Zero. Um, mm-hmm. I've actually, heard I, of that. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but um, just I mean, obviously, the title kind of explains it a bit, but. You know, some people like for me, legacy is super important. So I don't want to die with zero, but I want to live in abundance while I'm alive. Um, and some people don't care about leaving legacy. Others do. Either way, it's about inspiring people to understand exactly what their future holds um, and what they can spend. And then, you know, honestly, behaviorally coaching them into spending <laughs> a lot of the time, especially with someone like, you know, you mentioned it. Was it a friend or whatever? But mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I think that's a good place for us to kind of segue here to wrapping up. So, yeah. I have a, a choose-your-own-adventure question for you, which I, I teased at the beginning before we started. So, you can pick which one you'd like to answer, or or both, or combine them in some way if you so desire. But what's your favorite place that that you visited in the last few years, or really any time in your life, if you want? Or what is a recent adventure that you went on? And in either case, what was it like? What made it so memorable? maybe a favorite meal or, or drink you had, a lesson that you learned, tell us the story.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, when I graduated, it's this is a while back, when I graduated college, I went on a, a two month backpacking trip around um, France, England, Scotland, and Ireland. Awesome. And it was certainly one of the greatest experiences of my life. Um, and among seeing places I've never seen, that was a great experience. It was all the people I met and, you you know, I stayed at a lot of hostels and um, just met people from around the world from some people from the U S that were also traveling. And it was the human connection, which is kind of what some of our previous conversation was about human connection seems to me to be a huge why in life. If you're not, you're not connecting with humans, especially as business owners and um, business developers, you know it i'm hardwired to love connecting with humans um and the connection that that i made and still have connection with those people text them every once in a while uh yeah. via whatsapp little plug for whatsapp there <laughs> uh yeah it's it, it was amazing um i think my favorite part of it uh was um dublin actually um just oh yeah i love dublin <laughs> yeah yeah nights out at at irish bars and irish music and yeah. um and then
0: it makes my soul happy
1: It's just, <laughs> just thinking about it <laughs> yeah yeah and then little day trips to different um different small Irish towns it's just it's it seems to me having the time I spent there very different than the life we live in the U.S. and it, it's cool to to be out there and experience um some of those small towns and stuff like oh, that yeah
0: oh man we were we were in Ireland two years ago now for for two weeks for one of my best friend's weddings and we got to road trip all around visit a lot of those small sleepy towns along the coast especially man it's just like slower I don't know I don't know how to describe it but just just the pace of life and and the no worries and ah, it's just hard hard to describe but compared to even here in like Bend Oregon where things are very very chill and it's far much much slower pace of life and people are less busy and worried and like we'll take the time to stop and talk to you. Even that compared to like Ireland was just such a different there's such a discrepancy there. And it was very, yeah. very refreshing to to be a part of it, even just for a short amount of time. So I'm glad yeah. you got to experience that too.
1: Yeah, totally agree with you. It's it's magical.
0: Awesome, man. Well, great story. Um Definitely recommend anybody who's, you know, in that stage of life, whether you're getting ready to transition into your career from college or you're in the you know throes of figuring out what the next step is. And you might be like leaving a job or or starting a business, going and traveling and and especially doing it like that, where you're you're backpacking and you're forcing yourself to meet people, whether you're staying in a hostel, which even hostels like you can get your own private room. You don't have to be. You know, rough roughing it per se but putting yourself in those situations to meet people from all over the world from different walks of life I think from my own experience that just helped me get clear on where I wanted to be headed next and and really showed me what I wanted to to get out of life which ultimately was the freedom so yeah I think that's uh it's a good place for us to wrap things up man do you have any other anything else you'd like to share advice or, or an ask of, of people listening before we talk about where to find you online and all that good stuff.
1: I don't think so. I think, uh, back to the, just, uh, spend less than you make is the biggest.
0: You'll <laughs> <laughs> be fine as long as you can do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> spend less than you make awesome, man. Well, Connor, where can people find and support you online?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I have a website, so Connor McCullough, um, I don't need to spell that out, but Connor no, we'll, dot we'll Put it in the show notes. Yeah.nm.com. Um, and then all my all my socials will be on that website as well. So
0: awesome. Awesome. And for anybody here in Bend, come check out our networking group that Connor's uh, yes. a, Connor's a part of, of biz, business builders, bendbusinessbuilders.com. Check that out. We'd love to have you come stop Please. by and, and see what we're all about. So it's a really yeah. fun group and community to be a part of.
1: Yeah. And shout out to your team for that website.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, man. It came out great. Thanks for all your help and bringing it to life. So that's all I got, man. I appreciate your time, especially on a Friday morning. So just keep on shining that light, man. You're you're a true community builder and someone I, I admire. And I'm really grateful to have you in my community. So
1: I appreciate that, TJ. And thank you for all you do.
0: To all of our adventurous listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share this on social media or with someone you know will get some value from it. Leaving a review goes a long way in helping people find the show. And I personally appreciate reading them when they come in. So please go drop one if you have the time. We'll see you all next week. And remember, whether we're talking about business or the things that bring us joy outside of work, life is meant for exploring. So go out there and live it one adventure at a time.